Welcome to the Four Downs Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Andrew Scherer. Scott Smith joins me as always. And what was another interesting week of football in general? I think we saw a lot of low-scoring games in fantasy, unless you had Chris Godwin, of course, or Nick Chubb. Scott, you had Nick Chubb and Chris Godwin against me, so I think I lost that game. Yeah, it was... uh... It was a beatdown, to say the least. I mean, it, when you can get two guys putting up, uh, you know, about 80 points combined, it's uh, you're usually going to get the W in that scenario. Tough week for me, but probably a good week for a lot of fantasy owners. It was, it was a good week for me regardless across the board. So I think we're starting to see fantasy football normalize. Um, let's jump right into it. We're speaking of normalization, so we're going to be looking for guys who are injured, and we, we touted... Devontae Adams is the buy low of the century. We knew it was coming. He puts up the points, and then he gets turf toe. Adams apparently thinks it's not going to be long-term, but, you know, saying the least, it's turf toe. It's something to be concerned about. He's not expected to go this week, Scott. Um, I mean, I guess we can just jump right into that second part of that. Geronimo Allison and MVS, the guys you're going to probably maybe want to start this week or kind of at least keep an eye on. Yeah, I think uh, I think both of them actually end up being starts for me um, this week. Whenever the rankings shake out, uh, if you've got either one of those two guys, you were kind of invested in them to be the number two piece there in that that Green Bay offense. So it, it's been alternating weeks for them. MVS has a good week, and then Geronimo Allison has a good week, and then it, it just starts back over. So. To, to really be comfortable and confident predicting which one of those guys is going to gonna function. I, I think uh, MBS is probably going to be a little bit more volatile but have a higher ceiling, whereas uh, Geronimo Allison will be the player that has the higher floor for the Green Bay Packers this week. Uh, Monday night, John Ross gets injured. Um, so I guess finally we're going to see the demise of John Ross and his outlandish crap that he's been doing. So, uh, John Ross out for a little bit, um, at least a month. They're believing um, this kind of brings in Auden Tate into play. He's uh, led the team in catches over the last two week with ten. Any interest in Auden Tate? I think he's more interested in as a deep dart throw in in dynasty leagues. If uh, if you have a waiver position to go pick him up and, and stash him, but I'm not really interested for him here in in, in week five off the waiver wire. I, th- I think what you're really looking for as far as the waiver wire goes is these aren't players that are going to save your team. And I, I think some people get that that inclination that that's what's going on. Really what we're looking for is players that have good matchups and, and players that are, are going to get some volume. For that, if you're really, really struggling at – at uh at wide receiver, Auden Tate could possibly be that, but I'm not necessarily betting on that. They do have a good matchup against Arizona, and he should get some volume. So he could be a dart throw just for this week, but I wouldn't expect him to go ahead and save your roster. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're on a team with Devontae Adams, Kenny Galladay, you might be looking at someone like that for sure. Um, lastly, I guess we'll stick at the wide receiver position. Tyrell Williams, they're in London this week, so they already got their full practices in. Uh, you know, being up there six hours ahead, he was listed as a DNP. He did not suit up Wednesday. Um, I know it's just Wednesday though, so that's kind of the the the, uh, the grain of salt right there. So you know, sometimes we see guys get a weekday off if they're kind of banged up, and they might go Thursday or Friday. But if we don't see him tomorrow, Scott, it might be fair to say that we're not going to see him this week. It might also be fair to say that Darren Waller's going to see 20 targets on the week if uh, Tyrell Williams doesn't suit up. So it, it's Maybe definitely something. 
Yeah, it's definitely something to pay attention to. Um, I think he was banged up the week before, so it could possibly just be a rest day, especially dealing with travel across the pond. So just pay attention to to it as it goes on and, and keep, in, keep in touch with the news and, and try to see what's going on with this injury and, and how he's practicing. Yeah, they gotta they gotta get him. Uh, they gotta get him some rest. They need a bye week for sure. Um, the Colts they played the Raiders. Uh, so good segue. Marlon Mack apparently uh, they released a statement uh, out in Indianapolis that he was not medically not cleared. If that makes sense, if I said that right. So he could have medically went, but they just didn't run him out. You uh, you expect Marlon Mack back next week? You know, this is one of the the players that I'm really paying attention to because saying that he was medically cleared, he could have went back out there, but they they just held him up. It makes you think that the the team has some real concern about it. Um, You start looking at this matchup, and and if Marlon Mack doesn't go, then Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines are are definitely targets here on the waiver wire. Um, I'm a little bit more interested in Naheem Hines for his – is receiving upside in PPR leagues, but I, I think both of them are definitely in play for a decent amount of volume, and I would expect for both of them to to split. I, I wouldn't expect it to be uh, just one of them getting all the all the volume and, and rushing opportunity there for Indianapolis. So, if if Marlon Mack does take a hit for fantasy owners, you have to go out there and get Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. Staying with the Colts, um, the news has really been it's been scarce. Uh, coming to T.Y. Hilton, we haven't heard a lot. Are you are you worried about T.Y. Hilton? I mean, they that that offense struggled big time without those guys. Yeah, I think this offense is is gonna gonna basically the way they're gonna work and, and be in in positive situations is with T.Y. Hilton on the on the field. And if he's not doing that, I just don't think there's really a receiving threat that you have to respect a lot there in Indianapolis. So it makes it even easier to key in on the run game and Marlon Mack if he ends up going. So you you do have to to kind of take take things into consideration. And the other interesting thing that came out of that game was that Eric Ebron didn't get much run. He did have a, a long t- garbage time touchdown, um, but it was Jack Doyle who got the the, the bulk of the that. targets there, and, uh, and and he ended up with I think seven targets. He had a touchdown, not high on yardage, but he he put out a respectable week for somebody that was just on a scrap heap last week. We uh we both called that. You uh you both key keyed in on it. So good call by us. Um. Let's stick with injuries, but let's go into some players we specifically want to talk about. Uh, like you mentioned, Scott, good kind of plan for us on these shows to really not necessarily focus on top waiver wire ads, but kind of mix in waiver wire ads and guys you should be eyeing on the waiver wire who could help you out. So uh, someone I want to talk about, um, Jalen Samuels. So I, I think he's he's getting a decent amount of work with, with James Conner, and now he's be, uh, Conner's being evaluated. So we don't know if he's going to go or not. I think he's going to go Sunday. That's just what my gut says. Um, are you uh, are you targeting Jalen Samuels, even if you're not the James Conner owner? Yeah, I think you definitely have to stash Jalen Samuels. He's got one of the highest upsides as far as handcuff running backs. But what you saw on Sunday is what I think you're going to continue to see going forward is that – Pittsburgh took advantage of Jalen Samuels' versatility as both a pass catcher and a runner. So you saw almost even distribution of, of opportunity there between both him and Connor. And I think it's a situation where where Samuels is going to be able to play on the field at the same time time as Connor. You saw him sometimes there at, at, 
thrown out as the fullback blocking for Connor. You saw him split out wide. You saw him getting catches and things of that nature. So I, I think this is something that will continue to carry on. Granted, it was against the Bengals, but I, I think his usage is going to be on the upswing here going forward. And if something does happen to Jalen Samuels, he's one of the most valuable handcuffs that you can have. Let's stick with running backs. Um, Ronald Jones. So he's looked good the last two weeks. It's it's You can't really say he didn't look good last week. He looked really good running the football. So he's going to be kind of a big waiver ad. My concern is this, Scott. I think this is a bad week to play him. I think you're looking at someone and you're going to stash him. Saints run defense is not allowed a 100-yard rusher in 28 weeks. Sheldon Rankings is now back, and his snap count's only going to increase. He played 65% of snaps last week. I mean, Ronald Jones, I mean, he might be a good stash, right? But there's no way in hell we're rolling him out and trusting him against that Saints defense this week, are we? Yeah, I don't think so at all. I think uh, with that, if if you did roll him out, he's going to be very touchdown dependent as to whether or not he can get you a, a good week. Um, the the Saints right now, as far as things go, and over the last five games, they've given up the uh, 24th ranked uh, Russian defense as far as PPR points allowed to, to running back. So it's not a positive matchup. It's definitely on the, the negative side as far as the way the Saints defense is playing. And, you know, Ronald Jones is, is a guy that a lot of people wrote off, but he's got double-digit PPR points in three out of four games so far this year. But definitely a stash, but it, it, it almost seems like it's a bipolar backfield there for Tampa Bay and what's going on. So definitely uh, he should be on r- rosters in, in 12 teams leagues. Uh, I'd go ahead and, and stash him at the end your bench but i don't think this is a good week to play him yeah i'm just not really i'm not feeling aaron jones this week um let's look at wide receivers uh man i was in a bind last week in a 14 team league and i started aj brown and it worked out well for me aj brown so is, is he uh is he going to be someone who's going to be startable in 12 team leagues is this someone that we really need to key in on in uh, tennessee not for me, and the reason why is just the volume's not there yet. I think there's a good argument to be had over who's really the better wide receiver in Corey Davis versus A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is doing some physical things out there on the football field that you don't see a lot of wide receivers do. And just, just looking at him at, at first glance when you see A.J. Brown at wide receiver, he does not look like other wide receivers do. I mean, he is jacked up out there, and he's just physically imposing. He's getting a lot of yak, and, and a lot of the what he's getting is coming on, on big plays. My main concern, especially this week, is you got a tough Buffalo matchup. So it, it's kind of questionable as to whether or not you want to play against him. But also for, for A.J. Brown is that he, he's topped out at, at five targets. And you look at what he did against Atlanta. He had three receptions on three targets. So there's just not a lot of vo- volume there for it to be had. And his high on the, on the year has been three receptions. So... You know, he's had that in three out of four games, but he's going to have to earn and get some more volume there in that Tennessee uh, offense before I feel comfortable throwing him out there as anything more than a desperation play. Do you think the player, A.J. Brown, looks good, though? Like, do you think if those targets go up, I mean, you're going to see a lot of success? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the the offense aside, I, I think if he could get a volume, and, you know, just if he can get about seven to eight targets a week and average that, I would feel a lot more comfortable based upon what I've seen and what he's been able to put up. Although you do have to look at things. It was this past week was against a, a horrible Atlanta secondary that hasn't been playing well and has been giving up points left and right. Staying on that subject of the Atlanta Falcons secondary, 
Someone who I'm intrigued with for this week, um, he's I think he's owned a lot in name value, but I think it could be a uh, could be a definite buy low candidate to throw in on a deal. Will Fuller, do you have any interest in Will Fuller? Because I feel like I feel like it's coming. I've never been the Will Fuller guy, but I feel like I feel like the breakout or the 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 big splash week is is going to come, like where he's going to catch six for one fifty and two touchdowns because he's going to be connected on two deep throws from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's accuracy, especially on the deep balls, has just been off. He's had some some deep balls that he's just missed with, with both Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Evan Silva put out a great tweet basically highlighting that Will Fuller's been top 15 in air yards on, on the year, but he's you know outside the top 50 in, in receiving yards. So I think it's just a matter of time before they connect, and, and Will Fuller's one of those guys, and you kind of put him in that Deshaun Jackson category where he's a boomer bust player week in and week out. But I, I think one of those boom games is definitely coming, and it can very well be against Atlanta. I'm definitely comfortable starting him there. I think it's coming this week. Atlanta allowing the second most touchdowns to wide receivers and the 10th most in fantasy points. So, you know, add in the Kennedy Stills hamstring and it might be Will Fuller week. I might be afraid to pull the trigger on that because if I tell people to start Will Fuller, they'll get mad at me. Um, let's stay at the wide receiver position, Scott. You mentioned a guy that I was kind of interested when you mentioned him to me because I want to hear your reasoning. So you mentioned Muhammad Sanu. Explain that because... I mean, we, we do know Calvin Ridley, my breakout this year, is is just, it's not looking good. I don't know what happened. He had this great game against Philadelphia, and then it's like they just decided to forget that he even exists. So, Mohamed Sanu, what do you like about him? Well, right now, within that Atlanta offense, I, I don't know what the hell's going on, but over the last couple of weeks, Sanu has out-targeted and out-snapped uh, Calvin Ridley on, on the field, and I think Calvin Ridley's going to have a, a bounce back, and I don't understand why exactly they're playing Sanu so much more over uh, Ridley right now at this point. I don't know if there's an injury that we don't quite know about that's really not being reported or advertised there in Atlanta with Ridley or, or what the case is, but when Sanu has been on the field, he's always put up respectable numbers, and, and what I mean by respectable is he he's been solid within the 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 top 36 you, you don't really realize it but he he kind of ranks out in the the wide receiver 30 to 36 range whenever you put him on the field so I, I think he's fine as a as a wide receiver three if you want to go ahead and, and throw him out there as a dart throw and, and look you know when we start talking about it he he's a guy right now that I, I think a lot of people just sleep on, but that Atlanta offense does enough to get a guy like him the volume that that he needs to to go ahead and play. If we look at just what he's done thus far over the season, week one he had six six targets, week two seven targets, week three six targets, and then last week against Tennessee he had twelve targets. So you see a, a trend there throughout four games that he's getting volume. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that if you have a lot of wide receiver problems and you, you need to pull somebody off the waiver wire, he's a guy that I would go ahead and, and trust. Um, right now in Yahoo Leagues, he's only owned 28% ESPN. He's got a 35% ownership rate. So I, I think uh, I think he's definitely a guy just based upon the volume and, and what you know of him as, you know, historically in that offense, I think you can go ahead and uh, throw out there as a as a safety valve. I think it might be incompetence. I mean, I think Dirk Cutter and Dan Quinn are fighting for their jobs right now. Atlanta is a burning dumpster um, right now. You know, uh, after last week's game, uh, and I say last week, I don't mean, you know, this week's past game against the Titans. They, they made a comment. Look, Calvin Ridley had one target. 
I think one catch actually, excuse me, two targets. And they said, you know, we got to get him more involved next week. And what they do, they gave him zero targets and zero catches in the first half last week. So I don't know what's going on with Calvin Ridley. I feel like it could be a decent buy low, though. I, I feel like maybe we'll see something break out soon enough. So I guess keep an eye on Calvin Ridley, and I'm probably not starting him this week. Um, let's stay at the wide receiver position. Um, I think Larry Fitzgerald might be in for a big week this week. Christian Kirk, ankle injury, it didn't look good. It doesn't sound good. Um, uh, he's still deemed as questionable this week, though. Um, Christian Kirk, he's been tops in the NFL in targets. He's been up there with the top, I should say. Larry Fitzgerald. So, I mean, are there, is there any interest in Demetrius Bird or anybody like that out in uh, Arizona? Not for me. I mean, I'd roll out there with, with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I think maybe if you're... I mean, extremely desperate. We've given you some other names at wide receiver, but I think uh, I would like Keyshawn Johnson a little bit more than than Demarius Bird. Um, it, it's just, it's more more or less just preference. Um, it, it's probably even though they're playing against the Bengals and the Bengals have been pretty pretty bad this year on, on defense. It's probably a, a matchup or a situation I would stay away from outside of uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Let's talk some quarterbacks. Um... Like someone like uh, if you own Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, guys like that, I'm benching them. I'm benching them this week for Kirk Cousins or even Andy Dalton. I know that sounds crazy, but I think I think let's talk about Dalton first. So Dalton, if he's on waivers, you're going to get him right because I think this could be a big week against Arizona. Yeah, I think Dalton is especially the matchup that I would be the most comfortable with. Um, you start looking at Arizona and, and the league average is is as far as teams have given up about uh, 6.2 touchdowns across the the NFL. Uh, however, Arizona's defense has given up 10 passing touchdowns. So you start looking at that. I want to say they're, they're, they're ranked like sixth against quarterbacks as far as uh, points per game given up. They're, they're allowing 24.3 fantasy points to, to opposing quarterbacks. So it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a matchup I think you can go ahead and take advantage of if you're streaming quarterbacks this week. Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, people are going to think you're crazy. Uh, I'm really probably still sitting Stephon Diggs, despite his random ass. Of course, he goes off for seven for 100 when everyone sits him. But Kirk Cousins, I think this is more of like a, I'm going to start him because I think there's no way in hell it's going to be this bad. So, are we in agreement that if this week they do not do anything, that it's kind of just over for that Minnesota passing offense because I mean this is New York I mean I feel like this is the this is the go crazy weekend Adam Thielen's pissed off Stephon Diggs has been pissed off I feel like this is the week that just everything everything hits right for the Minnesota Vikings passing offense well it was interesting to me that um it was Adam Thielen that really got pissed off and and I think he had a a comment or a quote somewhere along the lines oh yeah we can't rush for 180 yards every game, even if we do have the right matchup and the best running back in the NFL. There's going to be times where you have to pass the ball. And I think, uh, like you said, both Stefan Diggs and Thielen are both upset with the way this, the volume's basically going in this offense and how ge- geared it is to the running game. Um, look, it, it's a positive matchup. Um, the Giants are, are, are eighth in the league, giving up the eighth most uh, fantasy points to quarterbacks. That is in Kirk Cousins' favor. Um, we talked about the league average being 6.2 uh, touchdowns, and, and so far they the, the Giants are giving up eight on the year. So 
that's also a positive. So I, I do see things aligning. As I said, I would feel a little bit more comfortable with Andy Dalton this week, but I, I think the weapons are, are definitely there having Thielen and Diggs. I think the opponent is definitely right having uh, the Giants. The only thing that would concern me is that I could definitely see them getting up on the Giants and, and Daniel Jones struggling this week and just them forcing it to be a run game. But you never know. They may get up on the Giants by, by keeping their wide receivers happy and then just shut it down and run the ball the rest of the game. So it's just something you have to see. If you're in a quarterback bind, I can see uh, playing Kirk Cousins this week based upon the matchup. So we look at those guys we just discussed, Scott. Um, is there anyone else you kind of feel like we need to hit on? Because, I mean, you know, you look at waivers this week, and I really feel like it's it's almost dry pickings again. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of those same injuries that we saw i guess maybe we can mention someone like uh daryl williams if daryl williams is still out there are you interested in daryl williams because Lashawn was healthy but daryl got a lot of work he got the goal line work he looked good doing it so i guess someone like daryl williams maybe if he's out there i think as long as damian williams is uh is injured and we talked about this last week i, I think it's there's enough volume and enough enough in that offense there in Kansas City to make uh, two running backs viable. And and we talked about that last week with Daryl Williams. So as long as Damian Williams is on the scrap heap uh, missing games, I think Daryl Williams is a, a guy you can plug in as a flex play. Anyone else, Scott, that we're really keying in on this week or want to talk about? You know, we talk about how bad Arizona is in uh, defending, you know, the tight end position right now. And Tyler Eifert's a guy that that's on a lot of waiver wires right now. I think he is a spot play. Only 16% owned in Yahoo, 18% in ESPN. He's definitely a guy, if you want to go ahead and take advantage of, of just how historically bad this Arizona team has been in defending, you know, the tight end position. They are, they're absolutely the worst team. They allow... 19.8 fantasy points per game, and that's not even in PPR league. So just think about that for a second. So let's go ahead and uh, get them going. You know, I think he's definitely, if you're 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 struggling at tight end, cue up Tyler Eifert off the waiver wire. And then uh, Jimmy Graham also at the tight end position with Devontae Adams being hurt. He's a guy that's intriguing to me. He's been dropped in some leagues, so I think you can definitely uh, probably find him. 38% owned in Yahoo, 36% in ESPN leagues. So with Devontae Adams being out, you saw Jimmy Graham have a big uh, week last week. I would actually expect Jimmy Graham to, to end up being the, the first look there in the, uh, in the end zone if, uh, if Green Bay gets a bunch of options there. So he's a guy I would definitely go ahead and queue up if you're having uh, – if you're having some tight end woes as well. Redskins released uh, Robert Davis. So I think that's a hint that Terry McLaurin will be back this week. Uh, Scott, as the resident insider on this podcast, you expect Terry back this week? Yeah, um, I would expect him him back. Uh, I think they, they did things more as a precautionary, but I can't really explain why the Redskins do any of the shit that they do because <laughs> it's just a dumpster fire of a franchise, and it's hard to be a fan of them right now. Um, it, it's... It's very concerning after what I see last week, and you, you don't get Dwayne Haskins uh, like any snaps in practice, and then just in the middle of the game without practicing, without Terry McLaurin, without Trent Williams, without Brandon Scherf, without a number of other guys there on that, that offense, that's when you choose to roll Dwayne Haskins out. It's almost like they're setting up the guy for failure. Um, look, they, they need to go ahead and clean house from top to bottom like in that franchise before I'm really comfortable with anything. So right now it's 
it's kind of Terry McLaurin and, and Chris Thompson are bust. There's really nothing else out there to, to even be concerned about. Anybody else, Scott, we're keying in on? No, I, I think a couple of guys that we kind of have to, to look at, you know, we, we told guys to go ahead and buy low on Devontae Adams. Uh, Leonard Fournette was another guy we talked about buying low. You saw him hit last week. I think there's some guys we need to talk about as far as a, a buy low option. And one of the guys on the top of my list right now is Odell Beckham Jr. I think uh, you, you saw him struggle this past week. I think he only got owners like two points. Um, and, and and really his, his season so far been saved by the, the one big game uh, against uh i think it was the giants um was it the giants i'm forgetting these days but basically where he was left uncovered excuse me it was the jets not the giants um where he had a a, the 80 plus yard touchdown that's really what saved his season thus far um you saw baker look a little bit better last week and you saw the coaching staff make adjustments on their formations and their play calls they ran a lot more out of 12 personnel last week which was a lot allowed them to be a lot more efficient with their passing. Um, they look good against the Ravens. So I would expect some of those things and, and, and growing pains to kind of start working themselves out. And I think you're going to see Odell Beckham start to break out. So if you're one of these teams that are struggling, 1-3, 0-4, look, I understand how how tough it might be to trade one of the guys that's been doing well, but look, try to buy low on Odell Beckham if you can. Odell Beckham Jr., it's coming. I think we, you know, we're, we're seeing a little bit of it's, – it's been a good start for his health and – you know, talent's there, obviously. So, you guess you add it, sprinkle in Jarvis Landry's potential injury, and might have something coming for Adele Beckham Jr. versus the uh, 49ers this upcoming week. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, it's kind of a quick splash in the pan show. Uh, kind of get you your information quick, get in and out, and uh, kind of help you prepare for this week of fantasy as you uh, try to get the ball rolling again, especially if you were struggling early. Scott, as always, where can the people find you? Yeah, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can find myself at ScottSmithFF. Also, interact with us at 4DownsPod on Twitter. Um, check out the rankings on Fantasy Pros. And uh, there's a few radio stations that you can find ourselves on. Um, actually, I'll be on ESPN Arkansas every Thursday at 2.30 on uh, the Carter Bryant Show. And I, I know, Andrew, you do some work down here as well. Yep. Hard in the Pain with David Grubb every Wednesday morning. Detailing the city of New Orleans, why they should not just roll out every Saints player on the planet. So a lot of cool stuff we do. Andrew WXXV on Twitter as always. And again, like Scott said, four downs pod on Twitter. We'll answer your DMs. We'll help you start or sit. Try to give you some fantasy news as you try to navigate this fantasy season. So week five is upon us. Good luck on the waivers. Set those lineups for Thursday and uh, have a good week. We'll see you later in the week to start for a start or sits for a Friday. Well, you can tell everybody. Yeah, you can tell everybody. Go ahead and tell everybody. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Yes, I am, yes, I am, yes, I am. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. I believe every lie that I ever told. Paid for every heart that I ever stole. Played my cards and I didn't fall Well it ain't that hard when you got sold Somewhere I heard that life is a test I've been through the worst but I still get my best God made my mold different from the rest Then he broke that mold so I know I'm blessed Stand up now and face the sun Won't hide my tail or turn and run It's time to do what must be done
all the answers to your questions I'll be the teacher, you could be the lesson I'll be the preacher, you be the confession I'll be the quick relief to all you stressing It's a thin line between love and hate Is you really real or is you really fake? I'm a soldier standing on my feet No surrender Tell her, tell her.